Hello everyone and welcome to episode 43 of Off The Record. As always, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and to follow us along on Instagram and Twitter. All the details on our website at www.offtherecorduk.com. And for our episode this week, we've got the second instalment of Country Music Week. Um, so talking about uh, the Eric Paslier concert... Eric Pasley? Yeah, I think that's how I pronounce it. Um, the Daytime Hubs, of course, the Darius Rucker concert on Sunday at the Royal Albert Hall, and the da- um, da- Ru- Russell Dickerson concert on Saturday at the Borderline. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Welcome to the show. <laughs> So um, Eric Pazzi was playing at the Borderline and he was opened, um, his opening acts were the Adelaide's and Fairground Saints. Now, um, many of you might not, um, unless you've been to a lot of live, live gigs, you might not be that familiar with the Adelaide's because they haven't actually released any music yet. But they um, are a phenomenal group. They've, their harmonies really are absolutely on point. And they'll be releasing new music in the new year. They're three girls from the UK. Um Actually, I'm just going to let you have a, sn- a snippet of uh, my interview with them at The Long Road earlier this year. Yeah. How did you guys all come together as a trip? Uh, well, me and Abby sort of knew each other a couple of years ago, yeah. and then uh, we saw Alicia on YouTube and you were like, singing some songs. Girl, we need to get her <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we were like, oh, hello. <laughs> they adopted me. Um, and is it really exciting for you guys, like trying out new material at the festivals? Like, is it? Is there? Do you kind of pick and choose like which songs you think we're going to take forward based on the reception? Depends how long we've got um, on our set, and also depending on what kind of audience it is, because we've done a, like gig, yeah, and like gigs where like there were different sets of country music, no, country to country, where quieter more emotional songs would have worked better than like the loud yeah 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 you can go for the more subdued like make you all feel a little bit sad songs but this is like maybe let's not go with that yeah exactly festivals are more like people want to feel good yeah people don't want to hear about your dog dying break it up a bit with like doing a few covers so people like know yeah definitely yeah and how is your writing process together and for the material coming out? Are you excited to put it out? We're yeah. always writing. Yeah. You've got so many songs now. And it's always different, isn't it? It yeah. never starts the same way. Yeah. So it's just like you've got a bank of songs now you can choose from for what's put out. Which ones of you, are you excited for that new material? When can we expect it to come? <laughs> we always look at each other like this. That's why these two look at me like, don't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I mean, the hardest decision is to be the better decision. Oh my god! Decision is actually picking what songs to release first. Yeah, because we have so many. It's like, how do you produce? I bet your sounds like evolved from the beginning, like when you first came. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of oldies but goodies there, though, isn't there? You know the ones that you've written that are like the old yeah, but the ones that are. We've, we've written recently that I, I really, really love. We've got, we've got that uh, Play It Cool. Play it cool. 
Yeah, yeah. which uh, we're a big fan of. <laughs> Do all of your favourite songs, you're like, oh, this one, I'm, I'm like, team this song, I need this song to come and It's weird, isn't it? Because I've got favourites that we've recorded that I think are amazing recorded, but then I've yeah. got ones that are my favourite to perform yeah. live. Yeah, okay. So yeah. it's different. There's certain different ones that you're like, this is for this day and this is for the another day. And obviously you guys are headed to Nashville, is it next week? Yeah. So what are the plans when you're out there? So you're doing like London calling and... Yeah, well we're just doing lots of co-writes out yeah. there. Because obviously Nashville's like the home of country music, yeah. so they're all they're all players, they're all performers and stuff, so it's good to do that. And then uh, we're doing some recording out there as well. Yeah. With a big band in a yeah. studio and Showcases. Yeah. This is just, um, do you set up the co-writes before you go out there or are you going to kind of, like, do you kind of meet people when you're out there? I reckon we'll meet people when we're out there as well, but we've got a co-write organised with Marcus Herman, okay. who wrote Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flats, which is Alyssa's, like, most favourite song in the world. <laughs> and he wrote for the Dixie Chicks and, I mean, he's basically just, like, a living legend, so we're going yeah. to be writing with <laughs> Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and his son Levi is so good as well, so we'll probably get in a session with him. Yeah. And then I reckon they'll know people, and yeah. And obviously, you've got Country Music Week as well, supporting Eric. I never know how to say his name. Pasley? Is that, I feel like it. Pasley? Sounds like a herb. Sounds like a herb. Jerry Are there any other highlights you've got coming up that you're most excited for? We, we do, do, but we can't <laughs> tell anyone about them. Shut up. So that was the Adelaide's there, and they'll be releasing new music late, or I believe it's early next year. And they'll also be supporting Charles Estin when he comes over to the UK in February. So you guys got to check. Um, check out for that and obviously get your tickets if there are any still available um, so following up from the Adelaide's we had the wonderful Fairground Saints who came on again this might not be a band who everyone's particularly familiar with but I feel sure that they're gonna be um, really building a UK fan base because they were completely phenomenal um, they're they're sort of their um, what, do you call their, what do you call it? Um, their stylings and their harmonies are just so on point, and they really um, have that ability to just capture the crowd, even when people aren't particularly familiar, familiar with their music, which is always a pretty impressive thing to behold. So, here's a little snippet from their show, which is their hit California, um, which I think is one of my favorites. So, here you guys go. <laughs>
obviously um following on from fairground saints was the man himself eric padley so i mean he's just such a cool guy he we were strolling into the borderline um actually at the same time as he was and he just sort of turns back and goes you know have a great have a great show you just think not many artists would be like hmm just casual enjoy the show on the way in considering we're going to his show but there you go um obviously um he's one of those very understated performers i think because he has so many songs to his name and so many songs he probably wouldn't even think that he had written um are you know he has um so we have barefoot blue jean night was obviously made famous by um jake owen but he's also got songs recorded by Rascal Flatts and Eli Young Band. So he really is a big name in Nashville for his songwriting craft. And obviously Angel Eyes as well, recorded by Love and Theft. So he sort of interspersed some of those hits throughout his set, which I think was a really um, shrewd choice in terms of just making sure the crowd, you know, they even those who weren't necessarily that familiar with his music, they would know those tunes. They sort of had that moment to sing along. And, um, but he really is a phenomenal singer in his own right. Um, and it was an excellent show. Um, it's always impressive when um, someone comes on just manages to have an acoustic set and really like get the crowd on their side and they get them to sing along. And um, he but it also gave him the ability, I think, to um, show that like richness and depth in his voice, um, because he really is a phenomenal songwriter, of course, but he's a phenomenal performer as well. Um, and I think he'll be, I'm sure he'll be back over to the UK soon, but um, he really has taken the time to sort of nurture that UK audience, which, I mean, always goes a long way with the UK fans because they'll really get behind him and I'm just excited for him to really hopefully release some new music. He supported Old Dominion this week um, at uh, Shepherd's Bush Empire so I'm sure that was great set and yeah it just really w wasn't hard to see why audience loves him. He's got that great participation with the crowd, sort of cracking jokes and stuff so yeah um, but here's a few snippets from his performance at the Borderline. one particular moment for me of that set was his the actually the encore or not encore but the ending song where he played free fallen 
which is obviously a Tom Petty cover with um, Fairground Saints and just the harmonies were just amazing and that and it really was a sort of pinch me moment um, so really applaud them for that choice of song. Um, moving on to Saturday, so obviously by this point everyone was pretty exhausted from the week but you know you country fans just keep going and going and going um so we had the first um up in the daytime was the daytime hub um which was lane we had jake morrell followed by laney wilson sarah darling and key west and obviously hopefully you guys have checked out my chat with laney wilson last week but if not head over to episode 40 42 42 off the record and you'll be able to see it there but um I mean, Lainey just did what she did at Shepherd's Bush, uh, at Bush Hall. Um, really just, oh, she's just an incredibly engaging performer. Um, and honestly, the, that EP, I've just been playing it on repeat since I heard it. It's just, um, it's just great. And I can't, I can't wait for her debut album. I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And you guys, should, it's been recorded with, um, oh, uh, Jay, Jay Joyce so you know it's going to be an amazing what um just craft um and definitely get your hands on that when it comes out um obviously we had Sarah Darling who is releasing new music later this year and I've actually got a little chat from my one of my chats earlier this year with Sarah Darling um so I hope you guys enjoyed this little one I can imagine it was quite small growing up there it's 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 a very small place. They imagine Field of Dreams. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd be playing the big stage, like the stages over here then? I had no idea in a million years. I, I sometimes laugh when I think about my story and how I ended up, you know, I, I, it's just kind of funny to think, you know, small town girl from Iowa moves to Nashville, marries an Englishman and then starts playing music in the UK. So it's, it's kind of a crazy a story. It's yes, it's it's such a it's like life is so unexpected sometimes. Mm, I can imagine. Who did you listen to growing up? Then was it country music that was your primary, the thing you listened to the most, or was it a mixture? Because there's so much in your music that's like jazz and just there's so many different elements to it. Well, it's funny that you picked up on that because I listened to a mixture of things. So it was kind of nice because my my grandfather uh, he he loved country music. So he was kind of my, my country music influence. It got me, you know, into that when I was really young and I loved yeah. Patsy Cline, um, and Johnny Cash. And, and then actually when I started really listening to music around, you know, age 13, 14, when you're kind of, you know, <laughs> emotional and uh, trying to figure out your life, dance. um, I started listening to, um, you know, all kinds of different music. Yeah. I was, you know, loving Jewel and James Taylor and yeah. um, Stevie Nicks. And, and I'm sort of a combination of of all of those artists. I just love, like, beautiful sing singer-songwriters. And, yeah. and I love country music for the stories and, and the way that, um, you know, songs are able to really come alive in country music. Mm. You mentioned a lot of um, not... I would say golden oldies, like not really old, but the sort of 60s kind of 80s musicians there. There's a lot of, yes. yeah, I think there's a lot of looking back almost. There's a lot of like wistfulness, I guess. In your yes, music yes. And, and, and actually it's funny because a lot of my songs are like, you know, that I write are, are a little bit like that. Mm. 
the writing style that I have. Yeah. And when, when sort of growing up, did you realize that you wanted to be a performer? Did you do a lot of, um, performing in Iowa? Uh, was that a big part of your childhood? When, when I was very young, my, my mother always tells me this. So it's, it's so funny. Cause like I started singing. I mean, my mom said, you know, as soon as you figured out that you like had a voice you were singing almost so before you talk. I was like this little kid like singing around the house and stuff I mean when I when I really figured it out though that this is my passion this is my yeah. love it's part of me was I think around 14 yeah I was I was already trying to figure out how to move to Nashville um out of high school yeah, so you moved straight away out of high school which is it's it's a very brave thing to do, really. Like a lot it's of people ter- would, like that's terrifying. <laughs> so terrifying. I, I when I think about it, I was like, man, I don't know if I'd do that now. Yeah, uh, just joking. But um, <laughs> no, it was it was so terrifying. But I, you know, I was just this strong-headed, you know, dreamer. Yeah. And I think I think there's something about that too when you're from a really small town yeah. in the middle of nowhere, really. That you just, you know. There, there's something that there's something that you have. I, I always say like those small town dreamers end up doing, yeah, the best you know, things. kind of going into those big, like big places because, you know, they, they always dream, you know, dreamed about it their whole life. Yeah. And that's where they want to be and like break, breaking the mold and all that kind of thing. Exactly. How, well, I can imagine then there was quite a big shock almost going to Nashville. Was it? How Absolutely. Were those, how was that transition? Was it completely just overwhelming? I think the biggest shock was, you know, you get here and, and you think, okay, I'm going to go get a record deal and mm-hmm. everything's going to be, you know, amazing. You think it's and just going to be like step one, step two, and it's just Exactly. Not. And, yeah. you know, I, I enjoyed the process because, you know, really what happened is the first few years that I was here, I just made really good friends in the songwriting community and yeah. just started writing songs. And, and, then and I was just trying base. to survive, yeah. you know, paying my bills and... I, I wasn't even like able to, to move my career too fast those first couple of years, yeah. but just being here and, you know, I always tell people like the thing about Nashville is it just makes you so much better yeah. to be around awesome musicians. There's and, so much talent there. Like, yeah. It's just, it must just be as an artist, you must just learn so much just from being in, in that bubble. Well, not bubble, but you know, in that environment. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it really does push you and it also drives you to be, yeah. like I said, better. And, um, you know, I have so many friends who we, we just support each other. Um, especially, yeah. you know, like female in, independent female singer songwriters. It's, uh, I feel like I see just, that now. There's so much, well, just from an outsider's perspective, when I look at women in Nashville and songwriters and everyone's got each other's backs in a way that it doesn't seem like it, that exists in a lot of other places. Yes, and i I think so I think you're ex- yeah, I think you're right, and it's a true it's a true assessment because it's naturally happened that way. Because I think mm. you know, there's been like some struggle um, here where females don't get played, yeah, you know, as much radio. on the radio. Yeah. Um, and so I think what's happened is people just naturally. These like women have sort of like built their own little support system yeah. <laughs> to get through it, you know, and to, to say we're strong, you know, we're gonna, you know, keep going and, yeah. and be wonderful. It's a lovely thing to see, like that 
just be, like particularly in, I mean, obviously in today's day and age, it's just a nice thing to be able to see. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I, I don't know if I could, you know, there's just so many things that you, you go through on a daily basis. So good to, to have those people to yeah, call on. Definitely. So then- that was Sarah Darling and here's a few clips from her show at the Daytime Hub. the lovely Sarah Darling and I'm hoping to have another catch up chat with her later this year um, talk all, all about her new music but make sure you guys stay tuned for that one um, but she I mean she's just been one of those performers who I think like Jen Bostick and there's a few others who um, really have nurtured that UK fan and they kind of sit in a weird space where they have um, actually almost done better for themselves over here than they have in Nashville which is just quite an interesting thought um they really have um just found their niche here and they found people who really relate to their music and they just you can see why they keep coming back and why they she's actually recorded some music here so it's been sort of like a london nashville crossover which is quite interesting um obviously she's married to an english guy so um i i think that she's just going to keep going from strength to strength strength so it'll be interesting to see how her career progresses and it'll be really interesting to see her new record and how different it is from the last things I've gone before um and obviously rounding out the um daytime hub we had Key West who have performed at National Meets London and they always just bring bring it to their performances they are really like they're just a very lovable Irish band um and they just are very are just incredibly electrifying they bring so much energy to the stage um, and it was a great choice to sort of run at the daytime hub going into the evening, make sure people have a little bit of momentum going into the rest of the day. Um, but yeah, again, would be really interested to see their new music coming out soon, um, see where that goes and where it takes them. Um, but yeah, so for that was the Saturday daytime hub. And obviously that evening we had the wonderful Russell Dickerson performing at the Borderline. Now the Borderline is always quite an interesting venue because it's just, um, it's quite small and there's a lot of pillars in the way. So it's a little bit of a tricky one to actually be able to see the stage. But um, someone like Russell Dickerson, I mean, he, no one's going to be complaining um, about the concert when he's performing. He is just the most high energy performer I've witnessed. Um, he's just um just I think it's sort of hard to like stand still at a Russell Dickerson concert I think it would be impossible um 
actually here's a little snippet of a chat that I had with him earlier this year you guys have caught this in an earlier episode of the podcast but I thought I'd just snip it in here as well so here you guys go so how have your experiences been over here have you really enjoyed it do you like notice the big difference between the US and the UK fans oh yeah it's uh I mean it I, I was not expecting for you know these amazing fans to even even really know who I was or know my music or uh, but man they knew the songs they knew like the deep album cuts which yeah. means a lot to me because I work really hard you know I write every song I wrote every song on my album and so for them to you know really dig into my music and and you know that I mean that was just like it blew me away the first time we came over. Yeah, it must be really cool when people when people know literally like, every song off the album, not just because you. I mean, you go in cr- to create a whole album. You don't go in to create, you know, a few songs. So it'll be, it's nice when people have actually listened to the whole thing the whole way through. Yeah, exactly, and 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 that's what means so much. Is uh, you know sometimes people only know the singles or whatever, but yeah, you know, the fact that they knew that they knew these deep. Yeah, and no, I can imagine. And so obviously you're over here um, supporting Darius Rucker, but you've also got your headline show um, at the Broadline. Is it, has it been important for you? Or oh, not Broadline, Broadline, sorry, getting my words confused. Um, is it been important to you to like garner the international presence rather than just being like a US-focused artist? Absolutely. Um, it's, that's kind of, I mean, that's always been the dream is to take this take this career as, as far and as big and wide as we can and yeah um, I mean it it, 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 helps, it helps that the UK is amazing and you know amazing fans and great people so that makes it so much fun to come over there and play and obviously exactly. the past few years have just been just incredible for you and your career was there a t- has there been a turning point when it sort of clicked and you thought it's all coming together like wow the time that it did start to click. Yeah. How was there a uh, moment that you can like uh, pinpoint? There, I mean, there's been like little. There's moments where, you know, like when we when we shot the music video for yeah. yours, that was like, that was such a kind of a breakthrough for us because you know that's when we took we took that video to Sirius XM. Yeah. And then, uh, from XM to Spotify, and the numbers on Spotify were, I mean, bigger than bigger than songs on the radio. Yeah. And so you know that kind of kind of just snowballed, like all these little moments kind of snowballed into this, you know, where we are now. It's <sighs> crazy. And obviously, there's also been a really quite big evolution from your previous tracks before the album to the one you've got now, which is just. It's just full of energy. Was that something that was really important to you, like introducing yourself with this like really upbeat, energetic personality? Yeah, and like anybody, anyone who knows me really well, you yeah. know, can testify to that. You know that 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 this album is true to who I am. It's bright. It's you know upbeat. It's not. You know, I'm not the guy who's going to sit around and you know, mope and moan, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be the life of the party and make yeah. sure everybody's pumped up and happy to be alive. 
Yeah, exactly. So that was the lovely Russell Dickerson and um yeah, just there's no nothing much else um that for that other than just to say, I mean, we just want Russell Dickerson to keep coming back for more because he is just I, I love every every concert he ever does. He um just I don't understand where his energy comes from. Like I really wish I had that much energy because he just it's just like a, a vault, <laughs> uh, bottomless vault of energy, and he is just every concert is different, and that is the mark of an outstanding performer. So, there's that. And moving on to Sunday, which was the second of the daytime hubs, we started off with I think we started off with Foreign Affairs, followed by Fairground Saints, um, Kerry Watt, and Cassidy Pope. Um, so, I think it was in that order anyway. Um, going through the list foreign affairs were just they're just sublime performers um again i'd be really interested to see where their career takes them but um the harmonies that they have possess and they can just the musical chemistry that they and the pair have on stage is really beautiful again <coughs> fairground saints were back for another performance which was again st stunningly beautiful um I mean, obviously I've seen them on the Friday, but they were at the same beautiful level. Um, I'm just excited to see whether, how they, how their interactions with the UK um, grow, um, particularly when, would they releasing new music that people will be more familiar with? Um, I just always think that's quite interesting to see how the UK audience takes to it. Um, obviously we also had Carrie Watt, who is just, is a singer from Glasgow, who we obviously also had on the podcast earlier this year. So here's a little snippet from her interview. So yeah. you grew up in Scot Scotland, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So in Glasgow, what was sort of yeah. the scene like there, like music wise, like what kind of stuff did you grow up listening to, I guess? Well, growing up, um, I really listened to a lot of what my parents were listening yeah. to, which was mostly uh like disco <laughs> i love They're that definitely stuck in the 70s like, like so much disco i can't i'm trying to think like is it like groove armada and stuff like that is that right am i completely um, just talking up my was like well actually a lot of jackson yeah, and, yeah that kind of stuff um, like stretching my memory 70s and 80s sometimes just blur in my head into one with disco <laughs> michael jackson was really like my big intro to music they played so much Michael Jackson and I really just um, got to learn about performing and music and dance through him. Yeah. I used to watch a lot of his uh, videos and stuff uh, growing up. So that was kind of the intro to music for me and that was actually what got me into performing was dance. I really wanted to yeah. be a dancer initially. And so um, I went to like every dance performing school in Glasgow and then I got introduced to like musical theatre and stuff like that yeah. and it wasn't really till I came back to Glasgow as a 22-23 year old that I discovered what an amazing music scene Glasgow actually had yeah. and there's a lot of blues, folk, country here. It's really Glasgow. sad because I spent um, four years up in Scotland and I like never oh. even realised how much of like a scene Glasgow had and I was like yeah. oh god damn it why did I miss out on so much it's really um yeah. it's funny how like until you get there and you like know what it's like it actually does a very vibrant scene there yeah absolutely I kind of started when I started writing songs I would go out to 
um, open mics and yeah. just like little pubs and bars and not you know not even places where there were necessarily like promoted gigs, but mm-hmm. just the people that were playing in the the pubs and stuff. And there's so much blues and country and there's this um, there's this one place in town, Maggie Mays, that every yeah. Saturday would have this like kind of bluegrass country group cool. playing like a four-hour set and it was amazing oh, that is amazing because you spent am i right in thinking you spent a few years in california before you came back to glasgow yeah i uh, i went out there and studied uh, music and acting oh, as okay. a high school student yeah and that actually opened me up to a whole load of music that i didn't even know existed i can imagine in glasgow like gospel Again, blues yeah. at that point, and and like proper American country. Yeah, because uh, again, California, you just think sort of LA, but actually, it's a lot more nuanced than just like the Hollywood glamour. It's it's funny how like you get this like perception of places, and you don't realize actually the depth of music that is in yeah, half absolutely. these places. And California is like such a huge um, place. State. Yeah, there's so many different cities, and there's so many different little pockets of music yeah. scenes um, and so yeah that really opened my eyes to all sorts of genres of music and what got me interested in singing more than dancing yeah I can imagine that um also it's just quite help- helpful at that sort of young it's like quite a, a pivotal like age in your music to have gone and discovered loads of things and then come back and be slightly more I guess open Definitely. I think one of the the most like mind blowing things for me that I learned over there, which now seems so simple and <laughs> obvious, but at the time I'd never really done it, and it was harmony. And oh, um, yeah. I joined a couple of vocal harmony groups, and I just never sung like that with yeah. people before. And I just thought it was so amazing that you could the layers of voices, and, then, and... Um, I moved back. Yeah, it's just, um, so that really helped when I came to uh, recording my own music years later because uh, I tried to have like lots of harmonies present in my recordings and yeah. I can stack them up myself or, or get other singers in if I can. Yeah, is that sometimes quite hard if you record it and you're kind of harmonising with yourself? Do you have to harmonise with the track of yourself over the top? Yes. That's kind of that's kind of bizarre because I guess you always have this thing of like you layer up with other people live. Is it kind of a very weird experience doing it with your own track? Well, I'm so used to it now. But yeah, I guess I yeah. Put on like sometimes do different versions of my voices, so my voice can sound like very different throughout the day. When I first wake up, it's really deep and kind of husky, so and by the end of the day, when I've warmed up and I've eaten and drunk loads, it can be really really high like, and yeah. clear and powerful. So I do actually do that when I'm recording. Usually, I'm staying wherever I'm recording uh, for yeah. like a week or two, so we will record things in the morning and think like things all throughout the day so my voice sounds slightly different so it's like Carrie it's your morning voice we need your morning voice now come on come on exactly (laughs) and it can sound a bit more like a a choir or like a group (laughs) just layers of themselves that's so funny and obviously you um well you spent time as an actor before you decided to do music is that right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so kind of what I guess what made you made make the transition from acting to music 
Yeah. Well, I I always knew growing up that I wanted to be a performer and mm-hmm. be on stage, and that took many different forms, from as I mentioned, dancing to um, being in these vocal harmony groups, and yeah. then I kind of started getting into acting when I lived in London for a while, and. I think the the real like pivotal moment for me was when I was I was on a tour around the UK yeah. acting and I was like I, I love performing but I think I also want to be the creator now. Yeah. And um, I was kind of getting a little bit bored of doing the same the exact same show every yeah. night in the theatre where I was performing someone else's material. Yeah. Because there was only so much room for kind of playing around with the characters or Yeah, there's only so much before the director goes, uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> that's yeah, not exactly. that's not the story. That's not how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I had this idea that I wanted to create whatever I was performing. And again at this point I I didn't know what form that was going to take I was still I was dancing in this musical that I was in and I was like is it choreography or I like tried to write I write a show with a friend of mine we wrote a a little mini musical and then like halfway through this tour that I was on someone um one of the other performers had a guitar with them on the tour and we just found ourselves with quite a bit of downtime yeah in the days and so I would like pick up this guitar and noodle around and ended up teaching myself to play and from there songwriting came really naturally and then it was like ah this is this is it like I'm gonna play and write my own songs did you have you ever written before is that the start and that's how you got into it no I've never written I played piano growing up so like playing an instrument wasn't new to me but songwriting was I can imagine it's quite, is it quite a daunting thing to start off doing in terms of like, I guess I know you over time you grow and your songwriting evolves and you feel, get more confident, but initially is it almost hard to like, just know where to start, I guess? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I I had a lot of ideas and it was just trying to decide how I was going to get them out there and if I really could do this and if it was like a real career because at this stage I definitely didn't know anyone who was a songwriter I didn't know any artist didn't really know any other musicians but um the thing that really helped was uh after being on that tour I moved back from London to Glasgow yeah and just going out and doing these open mics where I would literally just go with myself go myself I wouldn't tell anyone I was going and then I played songs to these complete strangers and they seemed to really like them. So that, I think that gave me the initial confidence to then be like, okay, well, maybe I'll put some stuff online. Yeah. And then and that's then the next I, thing, isn't it? it once, you, once it goes online, it, I think that's also another daunting step because it's like people can actually discover you, who you know, and that sometimes can be harder than playing in front of a bunch of strangers. Oh, totally. That's always much harder. Yeah. Um, but that was really encouraging because friends and then friends of friends would start liking the page and liking the videos yeah. and um then it then i felt like yeah, I can, I can do this. <laughs> you get, you get I mean, Kerry Watt is just a stunning performer. She has got this voice that is just, it's like an angel. Um, and she really just has that power to just make everyone just very still when they're listening to their concerts. Um, just creates that like moment. And it's just just like something there's something special that she creates in her performances which I don't think many artists 
have that ability to. Um, so finally, we had the wonderful um, Cassidy Pope, um, who I think most people were incredibly excited to see perform. Um, she has obviously released two new singles recently, One More Red Light and um, Take, Take, Take You Home. Um, and obviously everyone knew them, which was beautiful. Like, like it's just always a great moment when people get to sing along. Um, apologies, there might be fireworks in the background. Um, for this recording um, but um, she just um, you can tell how much she loves coming to the UK um, and and really how well the UK responds to her so here are some clips from her set where she played obviously her big two big singles and also a few throwback hits which one of them was quite surprising which was 11 which was requested by the old Jack Yasmin but it was a great choice, so I um, hope you guys enjoy these. Boy, I'll never forget 
so that was the lovely Cassidy Pope with a few, um, one of the, her new songs in there with the, with my heart had a heart. So, final concert of the week. I couldn't believe how um, quickly it had all flown by, but there you go. Um, I guess we'll just bring on next year and bring on obviously C2C in March. So, that was um, the concert of Darius Rucker. Um, supported by Russell Dickerson at the Royal Albert Hall, which obviously for many was just the highlight of the week. And honestly, it was just breathtaking, <laughs> spellbinding, any adjective you want to use. Um, Russell did, I mean, he could have been like the headliner there. The Honestly, his set was just phenomenal. He was dancing to the crowd um, to, or he had the crowd up and dancing. He was shaking some moves that I'm pretty sure the Royal Albert Hall would never have seen before. I think Queen Victoria would be shaking in her seat. Um, but um, obviously also Darius Rucker, who's just the home, like everyone loves him, let's face it, came, come on with his snakeskin cowboy boots and um, shimming around the stage. And obviously all his all hits we know and love, including the ones which he did with Hootie and both Blowfish. And um, doing shots on the stage, you know, boy knows how to party. So he um, obviously ended with Wagon Wheel, which everyone knows and loves. And I mean, he, he just removed the microphone and the whole crowd is still singing it. It was just magical. So that rounded up the um, Country Music Week. Um, what a week it was. Um, still, for me, the highlights were definitely the Country Music Week, um, the CMA uh, song right around the beginning, but honestly, that Darius Rucker concert was just magical. Um, but we've got loads to look forward to with um, a lot of the performers. I think one standout one's obviously Lainey Wilson with Jimmy Allen um, and Fairground Saints, a new one just slipping around the corner, which I uh, didn't see coming. So lots to look forward to with lots of performers coming back, hopefully for C2C in March. Um, but just to end off the show, here is a few clips from that Darius Rucker concert. 